What's up everyone? Good morning and welcome to our Water's Edge Sunday morning online worship experience. Once again, thank you so very much for tuning in and hanging out with us today. For those of you that continue to like and share these online messages with your circle of influence, thank you so very much for doing that. We have people that's tuning in from all over the place and it's very helpful. Continue to do that. Also, for those of you that continue to worship with us online by giving and generosity, maybe by meeting our new $10 challenge, Thank you so very much for doing that. Continue to do that. You allow us to help more people, love more people, feed more people, and serve more people. Today we begin a brand new series, and the study is about this. Whenever you and I have serious doubts about faith, about God, about Jesus, and about the story of Jesus, and maybe even about our relationship with God... How do we deal with those doubts? But in reality, this series is really about this. It's about a story. And this story is filled with hope. And this story is filled with love and grace and excitement. This story is filled with mysteries. This story is filled with events that are exciting, that are filled with hope, but many times hard to comprehend. And this story is filled with with life change. The only question that we really need to ask and answer today is this, do we really believe this story? And what action does this story lead us to take? What does this story move us to do in our life? Do we believe this story? And if we do believe this story, then what is this story moving you and I to do in our life? Now, let's start off with a very simple question, and this is what it is. What is this life all about? Simple, I know. But here's another question. If I were to ask you, what's your favorite TV show? You could say it this way. My favorite TV show is Law and Order. There's several of them, but let's just say that you say my favorite TV show is Law and Order. Or you could say it this way. My favorite TV show is a series of 30-second commercials designed to convince me that I'm one purchase away from happiness. Interrupted. By law and order. Or if I were to ask you, what's an NBA basketball game? You could say it this way. That's a professional basketball game. Or you could say it this way. An NBA basketball game is a series of 30-second commercials trying to convince me that I'm one purchase away from true happiness interrupted by a basketball game, interrupted by a halftime show. Or if I were to ask you, what's an NFL football game? Or what's a New Orleans Saints football game? Or what's the Super Bowl? You could say it this way. That's a professional football game. Or that's the championship of professional football. Or you could say it this way. The Super Bowl is a series of 30-second commercials trying to convince me that I'm one purchase away from true happiness interrupted by a football game that's interrupted by a halftime show. But how many times, how many times does our life sound like this? How many times does our life feel like this? It's really all about the story that you decide to tell and believe. But many times our life feels like this story, that it's a random bit of this interrupted by a random bit of that, interrupted by this, interrupted by that, interrupted by this. Just random bits of life with no real meaning, random bits of life with no real significance and random bits of life with no real purpose. For thousands of years, humanity has told stories about our lives and about our tribes 
to hold us together. We as individuals and we as people, groups, and tribes tell stories, and these stories are like the glue that keep us held together. These stories give us meaning, we think, and hold us together. But today, it's almost like the story of being human is saying this, that we really only exist to buy things that probably won't even make us happy in the end. If we were to get honest and look at our condition and look at the story of the world and what we really pursue today as individuals and as tribes and as nations, we would all have to probably admit that our story kind of goes something like this. We're all looking to purchase the next thing that's promising to give me true happiness in this life. Now, there's one story that's been around for a long time, for a few thousand years. And this story goes something like this. Our tribe is the best tribe. Our people group is the best people group. Our way is the best way. Our God is the best God. Our beliefs are the best beliefs. So join us. You're welcome to join us. But if you don't join our tribe or if you join another tribe, then we're going to judge you. We're going to leave you out. And then our God's going to kick your butt in eternity. Now, that story has been around for thousands of years. You can build big buildings with that story. You can raise a lot of money with that story. You can justify a lot of false religion and a lot of division and even a lot of war with that story. And so it's not the best story to tell. But there's another story that's been around for about 300 or 400 years and it's kind of caught steam. And this is what it says. Human beings are amazing. We're smart, we're brilliant, we have science, we have facts, we have evidence. So if you just give us enough time, we'll figure everything out. If you give us enough time, we'll figure out the meaning and the purpose of why we're here. We are enlightened. Human beings are awesome. And like I said, over the past 300 or so years, that story has gained a lot of steam. The only problem is the world is still broken the Titanic sank. More people have died from war in this century than any other century in history. We've had pandemics. We've had people just be divided. People groups become divided. And so that story that humans are amazing and we're just going to get better and better and better until we figure it all out, that story takes a beating all the time because of how broken you and I are as humans and how we can really mess things up. But there's also another story out there that's fairly new. And that story goes something like this. Oh, there's nothing going on out there. This is all there is. This is all that's going on. All that you see is all that there is. That's all we really know. We're just a collection of ourselves and our bodies and then that's it. In fact, all those ancient stories and ancient stories about mysteries and gods, that's really the major problem in the world today. That's really why we have all these problems. So leave all that behind because that's all there is. This is all there is. It's the survival of the fittest. But... What if none of those stories are true? What if there's a better story out there? In this series, as we try to understand how to deal with our doubts about God and about our faith, I want us to take a shot at a different story and at a better story. Now, there's a beginning, so let's start 
this story. At the beginning of the story, God created the heavens and the earth. Now, the Bible was not written in English. I know that may be shocking to some of you. The Old Testament was written in Hebrew, and the New Testament was written in Greek. And in the Hebrew Old Testament, the word for God in the beginning or in beginning, God created the heavens and the earth is the word, and notice this, Elohim. In the beginning, Elohim created the heavens and the earth. Now this word for created in the Hebrew language is this, and notice this today, it's the word bara. So the word for God is Elohim, and so it means this very, um, this very complex God with, with all these different types of streams to him. And then it says that he created and this word for created in the Hebrew language is the word bara, and it's this forceful word of creating something out of nothing. So in the beginning, Elohim, that's this deeply big, amazing, awesome, complex God, created the heavens and the earth out of nothing, created everything out of nothing. And then it says the spirit of Elohim was hovering over creation. And so right away we see that this God Elohim is part creator and he's part spirit. And then it says that God spoke and said, let there be light. And he said the light was good. And then he separated the darkness from the light and he called it night and day. And so in the beginning there was evening and then morning. Evening and then morning, darkness to light. And so we see here that God speaks, and so he's part word. In verse 1, he's a creator. In verse 2, a spirit. And in verse 3, he's some sort of word. One God, but a community. One God, but a community of personalities. One God, but a community of, of power, a community of love. What a strange way to begin this story. And then the story starts to go throughout the different creation days. There's the sky. There's separating the waters from the land. There's the seasons. There's the vegetation. There's the crops. There's the mountains. There's the oceans. There's the sun and the moon and the stars. There's the animals. And then there's the prize of God's creation, and that's you. There's the apple of his eye, the prize of his creation, and that's me, and that's you, you and I. And it says that he calls it all good and they end at the end of each day of creation it says there was evening and there was morning and so there was darkness and then there was light there was evening and then morning now we don't say it that way when we describe our days this is what we say from morning to evening from sunrise to sunset from light to dark but in this day, in each story, it was described in the opposite way. When this story is being told, it's described in this way that our days go from sundown to sun up, from evening to morning, from darkness to light. And so understand that in the beginning, the days went from evening to morning, from darkness to light, which means this, it means that in our life and in this world, God moves things from darkness to light. God moves our life. God moves our hearts. God moves our souls from darkness to light, from evening to morning. And so now, 
as we look at this story, we have to ask this question and notice this today. If you're still with me, Sam, still with you. Are there any patterns in this story that tell us what this story is about? So as we look at this amazing, very unique story, are there any patterns in this story that tell us what God is about, what this God is about, and what this story of God is about? Now the word bara, or God created, is mentioned at three different times in this story. And the last time it's mentioned, it's mentioned three times. And so the word for created is mentioned three different times. The last time it's mentioned, it's mentioned three times. And this God has a three in oneness. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Creator, Spirit, Word. Creator, Spirit, Word. Word. Notice this passage in John chapter 1 in the New Testament, verses 1 through 5. In the beginning, the Word already existed. The Word was with God, and the Word was God. He existed in the beginning with God. He created everything through Him, and nothing was created except through Him. The Word gave life to everything that was created, and in this life brought light to everyone. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness can never extinguish it. In this story right away we see patterns of threes father son holy spirit if you remember when jesus was baptized jesus was there in the flesh as he's getting baptized you hear the voice of the father from heaven come down from the sky and then you see the holy spirit descend on jesus like a dove in that one scene you had one god but you had three in oneness father son holy spirit jesus even said in the great commission go and baptize make disciples of all nations baptizing them in the name of the father of the son and the holy spirit creator spirit word a three in oneness. And so we have to ask ourselves, we see these patterns of threes. That raises another question. Are there any other patterns of numbers that we see in this story? Well, in the Hebrew language, the first verse in this story has seven words. The second verse in Genesis has 14 words, seven times two. The word earth happens 21 times, seven times three. The seventh paragraph has 35 words in it, seven times five. The word God appears 35 times, seven times five. The phrase it was so appears seven times. The phrase and God saw appears seven times. There are threes and patterns of threes, and then there are sevens and patterns of sevens all throughout this story about God and God's love. So that raises another question, and you already know what it is. Are there any tens? Are there any patterns of tens? The phrase to make occurs ten times. The phrase according to their kind occurs ten times. The phrase and God said occurs ten times. The phrase let there be occurs ten times. It's almost, you're starting to think, it's almost like the writer of this story had divine help. So what's it all about? If you've never heard this story before, if you've never read the creation story before, then what's it trying to say? Well, you would say that it starts off with God as some sort of creator. He creates, and then at the end of God creating, 
He takes a rest. And each day of creation has this groove to it. There was evening and morning the first day, evening and morning the second day, evening and morning the third day, all the way up to the seventh day. But the seventh day doesn't say that. The seventh day just says that God rested. And it's like the seventh day just kind of keeps going on. It keeps continuing on. So in between God creating and God resting, he creates everything else. And that includes you and I. So what's my role in this story? And what's your role in this story? In between God beginning and creating and hovering and resting, he creates everything and that includes you and I. So what's our role? Why are we here? What's our meaning? Well, one thing's for sure. God didn't create trash in this story. In fact, this is what God said at the beginning of this story about what he creates and about his creation. Genesis chapter 1 verse 31. If you're still with me, Sam's still with you. Then God looked over all that he had made and he saw that it was all very good. And evening passed and morning came, making the sixth day. God didn't create throwaways. He loves his artwork. God didn't create trash. He loves his artwork. God didn't create rejects. He loves his artwork. God didn't create junk. He loves his artwork. God didn't create you as meaningless. He loves his artwork. You see, the story was originally written to Hebrew slaves in Egypt whose lives had no significance but making bricks all day long for the Pharaoh and his new buildings. They were treated like trash because the Egyptians believed they were trash. They were treated like slaves because they were slaves, because their life had no value to the Egyptians, but how many bricks they could make all day and all night long over and over and over again. Their life had no meaning. And so right away, as the story begins, I think it speaks to one of our greatest needs. And this is what it is. And notice this today. you got to understand, it's that your life is not a mistake. It speaks to our greatest needs. And that's for you to understand that your life means something. This story tells us something very simple. And this is what it is. And remember this today. If you're still with me, Sam, still with you. God created you. And God does not create throwaways or mistakes this is how God's story about your life begins but how many times have you believed the other stories about your life how many times have you tried to convince yourself that your life just didn't mean much anymore because of that mistake my life just doesn't mean much anymore because of that failure my life doesn't mean much anymore because of that past scar or that past weakness but that's not true because God loves his artwork or we try to convince ourselves that my life doesn't mean much anymore because because of that divorce or that betrayal or that rejection. But that's not true because God loves his artwork. Or my life doesn't mean much anymore because of that heartache or that pain or that loneliness. But that's not true because God loves his artwork. Or my life doesn't mean much anymore because of that judgment or that criticism. But that's not true because God loves his artwork. Or my life doesn't mean much anymore because of that shame or what other people say about me. But that's not true because God loves his artwork. The story of God's says that God created you and God does not create junk and God does not create throwaways.
throwaways and God does not create mistakes. But how many times have you doubted your self-esteem even though you're the masterpiece of God? How many times have you doubted your talents even though you're the canvas of God? How many times have you doubted your heart and your love even though you're God's artwork? How many times have you doubted your faith and your sincerity and your life and your esteem and your purpose even though you're the masterpiece of God? We do that because we've been given the wrong story about our life and we need to understand a better story and that's God's story. The true story says that God created you and God does not create trash, junk, or throwaways. And so your life, it means something. Your life, it means something to us, but most of all, it means something to God. It means something to Jesus. And when God's story collides with your story, it can bring healing to your heart. I remember... When I first started to be a minister and I was a youth pastor, I was at a youth camp one summer. And after one of the services during a time of worship, I was counseling. And this young man came to talk to me during this time of counseling. His name was Mikey. Mikey, him and I went to the back and we began to pray. And I began to ask him what was on his heart and what was his burden and he said that he felt like God didn't love him and that he didn't know God and that maybe God wasn't real to him in this life. He felt like he was just rejectable and that God didn't want to have anything to do with him. And I said, has there ever been a time when you tried to give your life to God? And he said, yeah, I did that a few years ago because I didn't have any friends. I didn't have anyone to talk to. And so I thought that if I did this and I got involved in church, that maybe my youth pastor would be my friend. Maybe I could have him to talk to because I didn't have anyone else to talk to in this life. So I looked at him and I said, Mikey, what you're telling me is you didn't really understand what it meant to have a relationship with Jesus, have a relationship with God that you were just doing that because you were lonely and you, you wanted to come to church to make some friends. He goes, yeah, that's, that's why I did it. I said, well, are you ready to really just accept God into your life and really just have a relationship with Jesus? He goes, yeah, that's what I want to do. And so he prayed that night and he asked Jesus to forgive him and he asked Jesus to take control of his life and he gave his life to Jesus. And I remember we went back out into the worship service and he was worshiping God and I thought, man, that's awesome. He really got a got some excitement. He got a good dose of Jesus, man. His, his heart really feels good. And about that time, someone grabbed me and pulled me off to the side and it was this young boy, Mikey. It was his youth pastor. And his youth pastor said, hey, I want to tell you about his life. He said several years ago, his dad decided to come home drunk and he beat Mikey and his sister to a bloody pulp. And then he decided that he didn't want to be Mikey's dad anymore. So he left and Mikey's never seen his dad ever again. The last thing he remembered of his dad was that his dad beat him. And he didn't mean anything to his dad. He goes, then his mama decided to leave because she was breaking down mentally and she got hooked on drugs and she preferred drugs over her kids. And so Mikey had to go live in foster care. And so I began to think about this story and I began to think about what happened with Mikey that night about how he prayed and he told God that he loved God and he thanked God for loving him and he was going to give his life to God. And he was just worshiping after that. And I began to think about everything that he had been through. Mikey's life wasn't precious. Because then the youth pastor told me this. He said right after his mom left, he goes, they found Mikey hanging in the gym at school the next week. He tried to kill himself. Nothing was precious to Mikey in this life. His life wasn't precious. He tried to take his own life. 
He didn't think his life was precious to his mom. His mom wanted drugs over him. He didn't think his life was precious to his dad. His dad abused him and left him and didn't even want him. Nothing was precious to Mikey in this life. But on this night, the story of Mikey collided with the story of Jesus. That God doesn't create junk. God doesn't make mistakes. God doesn't create throwaways. And so your life is not a mistake and your life means something. And when that story collided with Mikey's story, it changed his heart. Yes, we have regrets. Yes, we have mistakes. Yes, we have failures. But the story of Jesus says that God created you and God doesn't make mistakes. And your life means something. Yes, we have a past. Yes, we have rejections. Yes, we have hurt. But the story of Jesus says God created you and God doesn't make mistakes. And so your life means something. Yes, we have confusions. Yes, we have weaknesses. Yes, we have struggles. But the story of Jesus says this that God made you God created you and God doesn't make mistakes and so your life means something so the next time you're tempted to doubt God and doubt Jesus and doubt yourself always remember the story of Jesus God created you God loves you God doesn't make mistakes your life is not a mistake your life means something and God loves you because God loves his masterpiece. Thank you so very much for hanging out with us today. Thank you so very much for tuning in. We cannot wait to see you next week. Make sure you stay tuned in today for an amazing time of worship with the amazing Water's Edge worship team. We love you all. Have a great week.